Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Pastor Ron. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's another week, another episode of my podcast, Realness with Pastor Ron. Look at me trying to post consistently, huh? Huh? Give me some credit. <laughs> I told you I'm back, but um, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for this opportunity um, to minister to you and to talk to you. I, I thank you guys for listening. I thank you for those who shared it, who've posted it. Um, though I'm not on social media now, but um, those who have posted on their social media and shared something, I appreciate it. Um, this, this right here, as I said in the past, is not easy for me. This is scary. I'm scared as hell. Um, but God has called me to do that. And sometimes you have to do things scared. You know, it's not always when you're comfortable, when you're ready, but you have to sometimes do things as you're scared. And, you know, God has called me to do this. So every time someone posts or shares something, it really blesses me and encourages me. So I'm, I'm internally grateful to you guys for that. So, um, thank you. So thank you. Thank you for being here and continue to get this word out. Um, and you can share this with anybody. Cause like, as you probably know, this is not a Bible study. This is not me sitting here and um, just breaking down a verse. Though I use the Bible as a basis of what I'm teaching, but I'm not um, just going through line by line. If, if you want to catch that, catch me at RCOG on Sundays, man. Or um, That's more so what I do in Bible study, on Lord willing, on Thursdays. So I, I, that's... Um, not what is the purpose of this is called realness for a reason. Like I'm trying to bridge the gap because sometimes in church, what we have done is, is have, have sectioned off God or box God off for our Sunday. Like, Hey, I need God to be a good Christian. I need God to get into heaven. I need God to, to preach well. But God said, I want to infiltrate your entire life. I want to infiltrate your relationships, your friendships, your group chats, your work life. Your success is tied to God. And I kind of want to bridge that gap between our personal lives and the gospel. You're not saying getting into heaven and ministry is not important, but that's not the purpose in the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is for our entire lives to be healthy and for us to thrive wherever, whatever we're doing. So, so yeah, it's kind of a little, a little different, you know, a little different just to talk and to kind of chat with you and get things out there but you know continue continue to share give feedback and you know so on and so forth so for those of you that don't know um my church is in part uh it's taking part of it's taking part of a 21 day fast my bad um and it's a daniel fast and it has been challenging today is day 16 um, it's been tough. I lost about 14 pounds. Um, and the dietary portion has been a challenge because for folks who don't know, I'm a chicken finger, you know, French fried chicken wing connoisseur. That's kind of what I eat. Pasta, rice. So being without that for, for 16 days have been a challenge. I have to be creative. I've, you know, find I started drinking smoothies, you know, and, have been introduced to different type of things that, that are healthier options for me. So like my goal is to continue this because, you know, I want to make sure I'm healthy. I have friends and family. I have three kids I want to be around for. Um, so I want to make sure that I do better with my health and not fall back into bad habits once this fast is over. Um, and many of us, you know, our church have, 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 you know, struggled 
with the dietary component of this fast. Um, and But the one thing that's been consistent, though, is that every single person I've spoken to or checked in with say, you know what, God has moved in a mighty way. That, yeah, it's tough not having rice and chicken, but God has really talked to me and God has really blessed me. I have testimonies coming in um, of God's changing people, man. It's really, really um, been amazing. I'm so humbled as to what I've experienced and we've experienced as a church over the past 16 days. Um, but one of the things that God um, has taught me in this fast, and one thing that I wanted to share today, is that how do you handle um, a no from God? How do you handle um, God not answering your prayers? How do you handle when you do all things properly, but still get the, the wrong result? Because what God has, has told me, and I've heard God during this this fast, is that I'm going to get you to a place of not answering your prayers. That for the things that you've been fasting and praying for, I'm not going to do it. The people that you're, you're calling for a bigger circle and those who are going to be there for you, and I'm reducing your circle. Like, how do you handle when God just flips the script on you? You know, um, yesterday uh, I preached from John 11, and it was a story of Mary, Martha, and, and Lazarus, and Jesus. Um, and those of you who don't know, it's just Mary and Martha were the, were the siblings of, of Lazarus who was sick. And when he got sick and near death, they reached out to Jesus and say, Christ, we need you to come to Bethany because our, our brother is sick and his sinners could lead to death. And when Christ caught word of that, Christ did nothing. He not, not only he did nothing, he just sat there and spent two more days where he was at, as opposed to coming to help out Mary and Martha, you know, and the, and the, and John, the author of the, the story, went out of his way to emphasize the fact that Christ loved them, that they were friends, like friends of God. But yet Christ didn't do what they want. Like sometimes we think just because we have a relationship with God, that God will do everything that we want. God is not a genie. You know, God is not um, Aladdin. You know, he, he's, he's not here to basically um, here to take care of all our whims and, and wants. But as a matter of fact, he's here for us to 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 guide us and to let us know that he can do it. You know, and, and we think if I do this and do that, I will get this. If I give and I pray three times a day, God's going to bless me. If I do this 21 day fast, God has to move on my behalf. God doesn't have to do anything. You know, at the end of the day, you can do all that, but not still get an answer to your prayers and your blessings. And that is a challenge. Like we're, 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 we're taught in church that all you got to is name it and claim it. Your, your, your faith can cause you to move mountains. But what if you have faith in God that doesn't do it? Like Mary and Martha did the right thing. They went to Jesus. While Lazarus was sick, it was like, yo, my brother's sick. Can you come tend to him? And Christ said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming. And eventually he died. So you see in the text, you know, Mary, that Christ eventually two days later went to Bethany, their hometown. And um, as he went there for, for, for into the hometown, 
Martha greets him and says, like, yo, Jesus, like, if you were here, my brother wouldn't have died, bro. Like, like if you were around, like, this wouldn't have happened. It got so bad that, that Mary didn't greet Jesus. She stayed home. Martha went to see Jesus by herself. Like, it shows sometimes you get so disappointed in God. Like, it's possible to be disappointed. Like, God, like, me, like, you definitely got to do it for my, for my mom. You could definitely got to do it for me. Like, I give, I preach, I teach, like, you know, me. And you get some disappointed disappointment. Because disappointment comes from a place of expectation. So they, they, they should have had expectations in Christ. He's done miracles before. He loves us. How could it allow this to happen? So he sat there and, and she was upset. You know, you, you, if you were here, my brother would not have died. It reminds me, and I shared this yesterday as well. Um, it reminds me of my, my situation. Like May 2012, um, my mother uh, passed away. And that season, for a very long time, I was upset. And not just upset, I was disappointed. In God. So let me give you a, a quick synopsis. So Mother's Day 2012, um, my mom was in the hospital and she's, she was scheduled for minor surgery. So my wife and I decided to go drive up to North Jersey to spend the, the day with her. And she was in the ER. My wife um, braided her hair, pre prepared her for her surgery, etc., etc. I believe she had surgery that Monday, but it got pushed back for some reason. Um, but so we, we came by and said, mom, you know, you're going to go surgery tomorrow. You know, we love you. You know, I'll talk to you when you get out. And, you know, so we spent the day with her and spent time with her. And at some point I had to leave because that evening I had to preach in Philly for a youth uh, revival. And I, I remember vaguely people were like, Ron, why, you know, what's wrong with you? Why don't you stay with your mom? If you have only one mom, it's Mother's Day. She's going to surgery. You know, and just tell them you can't preach, et cetera, et cetera. But then I was like, nah, you know, God has created me to preach. God has called me to preach. God will take care of her. And not to know that days later, she will pass away. And she'll literally bleed, you know, to death on an operating table. And. For a long time, I was like, God, how could you let this happen? Similar to Martha. Like, God, how could you allow my mom to die? I'm a preacher for you. I left her bedside on Sunday for you. How could you let that happen? Surely, surely she don't come back to life because I, I'm one of your best servants. I'm a giver. But yet she was gone. It was not till later on, and in and when I say later on, this is months later, because at, immediately after, though I though I um, sh appeared to be strong, and can I tell you honestly, I'm messed up about it to this day. Even talking about it, it's like, you know, it's, it's tough for me, um, because like like around holiday season, like from pretty much like end of October, which is my dad's birthday, to the end of the year. I'm not good um, because it's like dad's birthday, 
Thanksgiving, Christmas, those times are just bad for me because I, like I say, you know, I'm incomplete. Like I'm happy because I have a great wife and great kids and great friends and great family who are here. But I also sit here and be like, dang, you know, I wish they were here to see my kids and to see me become a pastor and see what I do. But um, for a very long time, immediately after that, I was really upset with God. And I was like, yo, we're beefing. I still came to church, but I was not happy. I still worked, but I was not happy. And then similar to Mary and Martha and Lazarus and, you know, God said, this is not about you. This is for my glory. I'm like, God, is there some other way you could reveal your glory? Is having my mom pass away? Like, there has to be some other way you could have done this. But yeah, but not to not to understand, not to know that subsequently, I've had many friends and family lose parents and loved ones, and I had the ability to to sympathize with them. It's one thing to be able to empathize and say, and you know, let me try to walk in your shoes. Especially when you lose someone, like it's, it's hard, but like people would try to console me, but because their parents are still there, though I appreciated it and I, and I, and I received it, the angry part of me was like, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm experiencing. So why even here, <laughs> you know, honestly, you know, and that's just being honest and transparent. So you sit here, man. And, and to be able to sympathize, which means, you know what? I've been where you've been means so much more. It means so much. It's been so, it's so great. I'm going to say it means more because empathy and sympathy also are all are both effective. But to know and to be able to see someone, let me correct myself, that has been through it and have survived it, it helps give you hope that you're going to get through it. And not to, to know that afterwards, all my a lot of my loved ones and friends have lost their parents. And they leaned on me for help and strength. So at the end of the day, what do you do when God says no? You realize that the reason why you do what you do is for his glory. And don't take it personal. Because God's going to take things away from you, not because he's being mean, but because God wants his glory to be revealed. So we have to stop taking things personal. It's not all about you. It's about God. So when you want to be mad and upset and frustrated, look at God and focus that God is the one who's getting all the glory. At the end of the day, this doesn't make it any easier <laughs> or any simpler. Um, like I said a little while ago, like despite knowing this and God telling me that this is bigger than me, this is for his glory, I still miss my mom. I still miss my loved ones. But I think it also allow, allows us to understand how God operates. We, we, we love uh, a method. We love five-step plan to a blessing. We love five-step plan to success. But sometimes there's not going to be any, any template. They're gonna, there's going to be, listen, you do things the right way. You follow the algorithm, and yet you don't get what you expect. You know, the Bible, I, I love to say, is not God's template. It's God's resume. It's letting you know that God can do it. But it does not reveal to you how he does it. Because if we find a template in something, we tend to, 
to to um, embrace the template and forget the author. So if God gave you simple five steps, five steps and, and a bunch of methods and templates for everything, we will naturally disregard God and just follow the templates. And a lot of us, that's what we're doing. We have no relationship with God, but we have have embraced and mat and mastered the templates. And sometimes it gives us success. Sometimes we get the job. Sometimes we get the um, the the promotion. We get the child. We get the husband. But sometimes we don't. You know how do you deal with that disappointment? Like, look at me. I I I was out of work. I I'm, I have been out of work for over a year now. I I I still give. I still tithe. I still do what I'm supposed to do. I, I, when I left my job. Um, 13 months ago, I thought, you know, I got a job within a couple of a couple of days, a couple of weeks, because I'm a giver. I sold into this, but I'm still looking for a career. I'm still looking for a, a permanent job. So it it is challenging. But the thing that I want to leave you with is this: you know, just because God is silent does not mean that God is absent. Just because God is not doing what we want him to do or not saying what we we want him to say does not mean that God is present. So in this same situation with my mom passing away, the same situation with me losing a job, despite God not coming through the way I wanted him to come through, I still am here. That when God sends you someplace and sends you to a to a storm and send you to a difficult place, it does. Um, God also keeps you. So many of us need to say, God, you didn't do what I want you to do, but you have kept me. I've been out of work for 13 months, but you have provided. I'm going to be where I want to be. I may have to cut a couple of corners to sacrifice some things because the income's not coming in, but I'm still here. I'm not on the streets. My mom passed away. I wanted her to be here, but God, I didn't lose my mind. So God keeps us. God, God's, God's fidelity and love keeps us in that. So even if God says no, does that mean he's absent? So I want you to just embrace that and just think about that, that let's let's fall in love with God and not his methods. Stop trying to predict God. And just because God says no does not mean that God does not love you and that you're not in the place that God wants you to be. Sometimes God's no propels you to your purpose. Sometimes God no and God's delay allows you to get to a point where you can see God because th because this miracle of Lazarus what it did was at the end of the day it caused us to see and propel Christ to his place of purpose on the cross and that's the reason why this had to happen so I want to challenge you and encourage you and trust God and to believe in God and that God is there with you and he's always a present help in trouble I love you guys God bless you guys I hope this encourages you take care and have a great week